It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle, our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN, and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare's Monday Walk-In Sports Injury Clinic has returned with the start of fall sports season, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. every Monday through October 17th. Athletes will be seen on a walk-in basis every Monday from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics, located in the now building's second floor, Suite 200, on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. X-rays can be done for immediate review and upon insurance authorization, patients can be scheduled for an MRI, CT scan, or any other further imaging needs. For more info, call Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics at 989-541-BONE. That's 989-541-2663 or online at memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, welcome to episode 232 of the three-point podcast. We're presented to you by Memorial Healthcare, home of the walk-in sports injury clinic now open every Monday through October 17th at the beautiful new now community wellness center. We're also partnered with Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, many locations throughout the state of Michigan. Don't forget the coupon code at the Corona store. That's 3.20 and that'll get you 20% off Sky Mint products only and also new customers only. We also want to thank our local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and our promotional partners, the ALS Association of Michigan, Chi-Town The Band, and Z92.5 The Castle. Should have a fun show as we're going to have our prep spotlight with Steve Herrick, the Corona Cavaliers head football coach, coming up in just a little bit. But uh, first of all, as we like to do here on this podcast, play a little catch-up. Who wants to start it off? I'm going to start it off with a question I posed on our um, our Twitter page at Three Point Pod. Is Labor Day weekend becoming one of the best sports weekends of the year? And we always talk about other other weekends, you know, whether it's in the summer or in the spring, you know, when there's like nine different sports going on. There's championships, there's March Madness, there's all this other stuff. I don't know if it was because college football, the, the whole weekend of college football was so good. Right. And the, the U.S. Open, you know, you had Serena and a bunch of other good matches. Um, you know, there's some other stuff going on. But that was one hell of a weekend of sports, man. I mean, college football going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, Monday. The, key, right? the U.S. Open being every day. I mean, that was just a great weekend of sports. Yeah, it's been like, well, I think I remember like my senior year of high school. I feel like so five years ago for those listening. I, I feel like that was the first year they started to do these like 
Thursday night. I remember it was like Ohio State versus Indiana uh, Thursday night, 2016. Ever since then, man, they've been having this scheduling. It's awesome. I know like the old timers like Ted will complain, oh, it should all be on Saturday. Traditional mm-hmm. is this, traditional is that. Stupid. It always Give comes us back more football. If, if, well, I my, if I had it more my way, man, they should, Michigan, college football should just take over all of Labor Day weekend. Make three straight days of all day football. Why not? Why, why pack it all into Saturday? If you're going to have all these games played at different times, this, that, why not have, have it be uh, an all weekend affair? Truly take it over. Uh, and make it the best sports weekend of the year. It's 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 incredible. I, you can't complain, man. College football is back. It's like a piece of your heart is finally returned to its place. Yeah, it, and it is always about Ted. It seems like because uh, <laughs> Jared seems to know what my thoughts are. But I mean, I will. You're wasn't wrong. I, I agree with you on Labor Day weekend. Heck yeah, this was awesome, man. I love it spread out like that. I'm I'm all for it. Believe it or not. <laughs> Even uh, even our, our local guy, Eric Jones, he won the NASCAR race. I know we right. don't talk about NASCAR very much at all on this podcast, but I mean, now, it, it's it's up there with one of the best. It's mainly because of college football returning. Yeah. That's the main thing. Now, were you all three or b- both you guys, I should say, were you able to tune in to pretty much all the games? Jared, did you have work duties? I know I had some uh, some stuff I'll talk about in a minute, but uh, oh God. Uh, yeah, think? no, I was I was there. I mean, listen, here's what sucks. Yeah, it was a great sports weekend. Uh, Tigers just made sure to have a home stand right in the smack dab of it, man. But uh, we don't. Oh even yeah, and, get and down the Tigers race. were playing. What am I talking Ooh, about? The Tigers yeah. were playing too. Imagine how magical that would have been if they're in the middle of like a pennant race or something. Right. But uh, yeah, not quite. Not quite this year. Uh, maybe not next year or, or the year after that. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I was I was kind of bouncing back and forth. But you better believe, it. I mean, it's we have the fifty TVs set up in the in the work truck outside of Comerica. Uh, one of them is devoted, I, and I love that about this truck, man. One of them is always devoted to whatever the top game is going on outside of that. So we had, you know, we had Michigan going for a while. Then we switched it over to the Notre Dame, Ohio state game. I was able to watch first half in the truck, drove home, watched the fourth quarter at home. Uh, no. So it's a great setup. I mean, Hey, if you have to work uh, on a sports weekend, Matt, you always joke around about this. What better place to do it than at a place where you're covering sports. I mean, everybody's there is kind of in the same boat. Like, man, I wish we were just watching college football, but you make the most of it. So. Yeah, I was I was off for the weekend. We, I, I took the days off. We were maybe going to go somewhere. We ended up just deciding to stick around. So I had the weekend off. I was on the couch a lot <laughs> watching football. And, you know, we did some other stuff. But, yeah, it was a great weekend. A lot of sports. You, you know what's weird? And this is going to sound very bizarre. I feel like I have, like, holiday depression on 4th of July, Labor Day. I think it's because I never, ever do anything. And so it's like for my brain, just something triggers on those days. It feels like just like the most boring, like, cause I didn't go to work on Monday. I didn't do anything like that. Same thing for 4th of July. I always feel like I'm just blah all day. I, I don't know, man. Is there something to that? I mean, I know you guys don't experience it cause you're always out on the boat, Ted and Matt's <laughs> usually at the beach every weekend, but uh, I don't know. I just felt that was kind of my overwhelming thought on the weekend was how depressing it was. Yeah, fortunately, I never had to work too many weekends. Uh, you know, I, I don't count Friday night doing ball games. That's not much work. I mean, it's right. fun, but it still takes some time. But usually I had weekends off in my career. I could see where that would be definitely depressing, you know, yeah. just the one day. But even though I had Labor Day off, I still that depression. That was when it really kicked in. I, I just was like, oh, man, this is this sucks. I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I think it's just the my brain knows it's a holiday and I'm just doing what I normally would do on any other day. And I think that's what makes it go off as, man, you're just a loser. Yeah. So. Well, a loser with a cool job, that. though. 
a loser with a cool job. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> chilling, chilling in a uh, production truck outside of Comerica Park watching every football game and stuff. It, Right. Could, not a bad trade off. Could be worse. <laughs> I will tell you, I did have uh, some fun on the weekend. I mean, as Jared knows, our family took another one of our trips and we went to uh, Pittsburgh with uh, my 92 yes. year old dad. And, you know, the main mission of this trip was to see if we could find out exactly where he was stationed in the service. He was in the Army in the early 50s and actually met my mother in Pittsburgh. But all the trips we took as families to Pittsburgh, we never really scouted out where he was stationed. And he was in what was called Battery A, and it was uh, it was it was an Army uh, battery, I guess, obviously, where they had the big giant guns. They set up in a big field, and they had like four of these howitzers in case the Russians, you know, came over and bombed Pittsburgh because you know it was a steel city, right? And they and they figured that they would come in and hit a place like that. So my dad was stationed there, and I got to tell you, it was a, it, it was quite a sleuthing trip, doing a little googling, going by his memory. I can't tell you how many times I, I made it into a drinking game. Every time he said Pine Hollow Road, take a shot, Pine Hollow Road, because he kept saying, "Oh, it's by Pine Hollow Road." Well, sure. <laughs> Is that road even around anymore? Oh, it's there. Yeah, it's there. And believe it or not, guys, we found the exact spot where he was stationed. It's now a, a neighborhood with like cul-de-sacs and all That's these wild. nice houses set up. But we found out right where it was at. And that was that was really cool. That's cool. Did he could he kind of, you know, recollect, remember, you know, some of that stuff or? He could re he could remember it right when we were stopped at this one corner, you know, and he just looked over the real estate because you could see the hills and the and the trees, and it kind of came back to him. But he absolutely confirmed it. A neighbor in the we we actually talked to two different neighbors that confirmed that that was once uh, the battery. You know, the one guy I talked to, and I don't know if you've ever <coughs> talked to anybody in in Pittsburgh, but you know, he says, "Yeah, you yes. got to go down to that house over there and take a right, and then make a left towards downtown." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but he he confirmed that it it was owned a, a dentist back in the time bought all that land from the government. So it was a cool trip. I know, Matt, you sent me a text about a restaurant to go to. We didn't get a chance to go yeah. there, but uh, I didn't. It, yeah, I didn't know this was the kind of trip. I thought you were just there, like with your wife or something. But. Yeah, no, we had the whole crew, but uh, we did have a great time. I have a cousin who goes by the name of the Blonde Elvis. He he's an Elvis impersonator, but. He's a very, very interesting dude. He's, he's, I don't even know how to describe his house. It's a, it's a museum. Uh, Jared, you've been there, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an old VFW hall that's basically been transformed into this party mansion. I don't even know how else to really describe it. Right. Uh, you'd have to look it up, Google the blonde Elvis of Pittsburgh, and you can see some of the things there. Uh, he treated us to a few songs. We had a nice family get together at his place. Uh, we did the whole thing. We went up on Mount Washington, had cocktails up there, took a boat ride around the uh, the point on the Gateway Clipper. And I know you guys probably want to ask me about what the heck happened. What was the deal with that Chucky doll? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of burying the lead. For those who don't know, <laughs> I want to say with no context, Ted just posted a picture of him holding a Chucky doll. <laughs> I uh, want to say the best for last. Here? Well, we we were at a lookout point over the city on Mount Washington, right? And we're it was me and my sister and a brother. It was just three of us and my brother in law. And uh, we look over to our left, and there's these two dudes, and one of them's taking pictures of the other guy with a Chucky doll, and. 
I, you know, I'm not shy. And I think I had a cocktail or two in me at that time. And I said, <laughs> is that Chucky? <laughs> he starts laughing. I go, what are you doing with Chucky? Are you doing something for social media or something? Cause he was taking all kinds of right, pictures, right. you know, and it was an Instagram thing. So, uh, so I went over and, uh, had a little conversation with him, you know, and that's when I said, Hey, do you, I'll take a picture of both you guys with Chucky. Will you let me have a picture with him? So they said, sure. And I started asking a couple more questions. This is the part that fits in our podcast. They're both West Virginia football players. Oh. So uh, Jeremiah Aaron, he's a wide receiver and uh, defensive back Jalen Shelton. So, so they were, just, they were the in Pittsburgh Kentucky. for the they, – they played Pitt, the backyard brawl. Yep, and they, they gave lost. them a couple of days long. off, I think, and they were just sightseeing. So and, what, what, was the, what was the point of the Chucky doll? Just to look cool, I guess, or – yeah, I mean, it, like you tell me. I mean, it's probably Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> I have no idea. Trying to do yeah, it cool, man. right? Maybe some inside me, joke but... with their friends or something. You know, who knows? Right, right. That's all I can tell. Me, but still, I guess, hilarious that uh, you had this interaction. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall during this. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of fun, that's for sure. All <laughs> right, that's my cool catch city. up. You guys got anything else on that? Not really. No, man. No, right, you, you just made me feel even more depressed. Like I said, you're yeah. out seeing sightseeing, and uh, actually, actually, I, actually, I buried the lead on all of this. Okay, so Friday night, as you guys know, the big thing that we building up for here at Valley Sports Detroit was the 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 first home game for Oxford, uh, played at uh, what I've dubbed Tate Muir Field. Yeah. Um, we had a, we had a lot of lead up to this event. Um, talked to the talked to you know got a chance to talk to the Tate Muir family. Talk to the coaches, talk to the players. The coach is actually a former uh, NFL player, Zach Lyon, whole family heritage through Oxford. A lot of stud players. Prescott Lyon was his younger brother, stud, went to SMU. Um, so he was great. Uh, just a, what an event, man. It was, it really hit ho- close to home, kind of what all went down in Oxford, just seeing that community. I picture, you know, I was, as I was walking through this crowd, literally standing room only uh, at this huge stadium, uh, I just couldn't help but think of like, you know, it, it reminded me of Corona, just how this entire, you know, had something terrible happen to him uh, and just football really kind of just brought them together. Uh, and, and I don't really tip our cap a lot to Valley, but I really thought we did a great job kind of capturing uh, the whole pregame ceremony uh, and everything that Tate Muir kind of stood for and why he should be remembered, you know, as a hero. I mean, in my opinion, I think his number 42 should be retired all throughout, you know, Michigan high school football, but uh, just a really kind of, Man, I'm almost like crying, almost talking about it. But just a really special event, you know. It just was very lucky to be a part of it. So just very cool. No, I think it's definitely. I mean, clearly, if you know, you got those emotions. Those are real, real emotions. Something you're going to remember the rest of your life. And I can't can't imagine everyone who was there. It's the same thing. And you know, I've never because we've. I don't think any of us have ever experienced something like what that community went through. And you don't ever want to have to experience right. something like what that community went through. And like you said, it is cool. It's, we, we love football for, for all the reasons we love football, whatever sport it is, whether, whether it's basketball or hockey or soccer or whatever, there is something about sports that does bring a community together. And, you know, it, it was cool. I saw on game day on Saturday, um, Uvalde, the community right. in Texas who had a kind of similar sad situation happen they had their first game and they highlighted uh, Uvalde on, on game day. I was wondering if, if Oxford would get a little something on game day, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw the stuff you guys did on Valley and yeah, you knocked it out of the park. It was, it was, uh, and, 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 and you, it was, you say it's cool. It's, it's not like right. cool. It's right. Somber. You know, I don't know. 
it's real life. It. It's what, the, what my boss always, you know, kind of preaches to us is we're in the emotional transportation business. That's what he always yeah. says. Yeah. And when you look at it like that, I feel like we, the, we, our camera guys, you know, I mean, I'm just a small, very small part of this. So I can't even really take credit, but just me having a, being able to watch them do it. I really thought they really captured everything, uh, all the emotion of that night. Um, and it ended up being a great game. 17, 14 Oxford gets the win about as close as you can get to a last second touchdown without it being a last second touchdown. I think they scored with like two minutes left, uh, march down the field. So just, a just a great game. The student section storms the field after the game. I mean, I Ted, I just know you, cool. you just wish you probably were on the call for that one. So, yeah. but no, it, it was just a great event and I'm excited to see what they do with the rest of their season. Yeah. Oh, well done. And that, that is quite the story for sure. I well, was, um, one, one thing I always remember, I'm going to remember the rest of my life is, uh, I was, when I was at Fox 17 before I, um, before I came to ESPN, one of the last stories I did was the Wes Leonard story at oh, yeah. Fenville. When the, the basketball player yeah. who who passed away on the court right after a game, and then the you know they made a little bit of a run in the playoffs um, that basketball season, and yeah, I, I was there. I mean, we went. I was there for like basically two weeks straight, every day after that night. I, I remember everything vividly. I mean, you're, it's going to be the same for you, Jared. I mean, it's right. whenever I see people talk about that story, um, I, I don't act like I was a part of the community or I, you know I'm not like I was right. there. It's not like that. But I was like I. Man, I, I interviewed the coaches. I interviewed the players. I was right there at those press conferences. It's uh, it's it's moving. It's it's pretty cool. Emotional transportation industry. That that's what it is. That that's what it is. I love that term. Yeah. Is that is that a term used at ESPN as well? Or yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. There you go, Ted. That's that's one for the scrapbook. I'll steal it too. <laughs> yep. Every Friday. All right. Well, speaking of Fridays, we're going to go next. Right after this short pause, we're going to talk with head coach Steve Herrick of the Corona Cavaliers. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. 
Well, it's time now for our prep spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch. We have this week Corona's head football coach, Steve Herrick, on the line out to a 2-0 start. Looking pretty good. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the podcast. And uh, let's talk a little Cavalier football. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. I'll start with the first question right out of the gates. Um, how's it feel playing on that new turf at the Nick? <laughs> it feels great. You know, as uh, as all of you guys, as someone who played uh, on, on that field with grass and, and, and now to have it be turf, uh, our kids absolutely love it. Uh, we like it. I, I like, uh, like having it out there for practice every day, too. So it's nice to have the lines, the hashes, the numbers. You know, we don't have to put little lines here and there and, and guess where everything is. So it's a great field, and uh, we're just happy our community uh, did that for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that's got to be cool. And 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 uh, yeah, thanks thanks again for joining us, Coach. And I just I just got to say something real quick. I know you've got you've got an electric yep. offense. You got a bunch of studs on your team right now. Just make sure none of those receivers break any of those records that are still standing from two thousand two. <laughs> Get get them all the way up there if you have to. All the way up there. Just don't let them pass any of those records. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, there's some pretty important records back there from uh, 2002. You know, Jared tried his best to uh, eliminate most of them for his guys. So, uh, no, we're trying to keep them around, but they are. There's some really, really, really pretty outstanding players we have these days. So, awesome. we, we, I like to have them around. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, kind of alluded to it. So, anyone that doesn't know. Coach Herrick was my coach back in 2002 when I played. And um, that, that kind of leads to my question. What are maybe a couple things that you see as the biggest differences between back in 2002 when I was playing and today's game? Is it fitness? Is it just a style of play? Is it the social media, the scouting aspect? What are just a couple things, you know, in 20 years that you've seen change? Yeah. Well, as far as the players are concerned, you know, they, they still, players are players and they get after it. Um, I think the style of play, the offenses, um, you know, you see the, the development of the offense from your, your guys. When we had it, we were, when we go three by one back in 2002, people thought we were going crazy and being exotic, you know. We were, we'd jump around three by one, two by two. By the time you get to Jared's era, if you're not doing that, it's like you, you must be just right. running the wing tee and that's it, you know. So uh, it, it's just been the evolution of the game. A lot of kids, uh, they just grow up playing seven-on-sevens these days. So it's just a natural um, – football is more of a space game these days than it's ever been. You know, speed and space, and, you know, you're running jets and, and flies and, and just trying to get guys open. But uh, but ultimately, the biggest thing that we come down to, this that we did in 2002 and we still do today, is we come out and hit people. And uh, that's the name of football. You know, you still got to be able to hit people and control the line of scrimmage. And that's what we've done the first two games, and that's that's been a big difference for us. So – uh, but everything else, I do miss. Uh, this takes takes me back a little bit. Uh, some maybe people don't know this, but way back in the day, we used to meet coaches uh, on Saturday mornings, have a cup of coffee, exchange videotapes, and awesome. uh, talk about and commiserate how our game went well or poorly. Now, half the time, you may not even know the coach because all you're doing is making an exchange over huddle. Right. And uh, the, like Pinkney, I, I didn't even know the guy. I walk up to him, you know, before the game, and I say, "Hey." coach carpenter right you know so i never met him never seen him before so it, it does change the game that way at least yeah this this cracks me up but it perfectly kind of encapsulates you know one of my favorite things of you as a coach you know i had you as an assistant coach way back in the day uh you're at like yeah a flag, it sounds like a flag football uh game or something like that but that's something that i feel like it's always been a core value to do is 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 the youth program uh how important is that for for a coach 
it, it's, it's, it's so important to me. It's, I, you know, the, the, just the game of football. I love the game of football and I, I, I would love for everybody to play it. And whether they play it from kindergarten to second grade, or I hope they get to the high school level and play it. But, you know, at, next year will be the 25th year that I've uh, held our youth football camp. You know, so we have guys, you know, that are going to be, uh, you know, 30, 36, 37 years old that were in youth football camp in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, and, and uh, they've all come through the system, you know, and, and, and had a great time with it. And, no, it's important. We had 80 kids. Uh, in 2015, we had a, had a gap, at least in my opinion. We had third, third and fourth grade tackle football and nothing before that. So we started in 2015 with 22 flag football players, and we have 81 today. So wow. in seven years, you know, we've quadrupled the program, and it just shows the outreach that football can have and, you know, being being fit and just a small, great community like us. How, you know, how important do you think that is to a program to have a commitment for youth football, to have, you know, to be running essentially the same program from kindergarten, like you mentioned, so by the time those kids get up to JV varsity, they already know each other. They know the route tree. They know the plays. They know the coaches. How important do you think that is to have a successful varsity program? Well, I think it's definitely important. And I think that when you look back through, uh, you know, a lot of our successful teams throughout the last, you know, 20, 25 years. And, and once again, you know, I'll, you know, I'll point to your class, Matt, in 02. I'll definitely point to Jared's class coming through. And, you know, as these kids, the kids in the groups that have stayed together, and, and you know, worked with each other and 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 kept that consistent uh, bond and, and work have always seemed to be our most most successful teams. We still have success, but those kids that have come through our youth program and and, and gotten the coaching um, from our youth coaches all the way through our high school and varsity coaches, yeah, we've had some really great teams and great years because of that. So, you know, that's one of the things that I've tried to stress: the consistency of that program. And 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 because the goal for me is um, to make sure that. However long I coach, you know, however many years, although I feel I'm getting really old right now, but um, is, is to make sure that the foundation of the program and, and, and the consistency of what is Corona football way back from Ted in the 70s and before through, through, through myself in the, in the 80s to you in the two, early 2000s, Matt and Jared in the, in the teens right. and now moving forward. Just wanted to keep that consistent Corona football program and tradition going. Well, Steve, you're here working with all the youngsters, you know, building that program as their youth so that they, you know, come out on Friday nights and say, hey, I want to be a Cavalier. Well, your Cavaliers, you know, your senior class, you have some, we know the junior class is fantastic skill-wise, but your senior leadership and some of your captains, why don't you talk about what they mean to your team? Oh, definitely. You know, they're, they're, they're a glue. Uh, they're, they're a smaller group, um, but they're definitely, they, they kind of, they're an interesting group because they've always been in between, you know, the, the, the group that graduated last year was pretty talented. And, and, you know, we started off slow last year, but we finished the district championship. Everybody's taught, you know, talks about the talent of the, the junior class, which is true, but these seniors that we have, uh, we have lots of great seniors, four senior captains, Peyton Tremere, you know, multi-sport athlete, Xavier Anderson, uh, you know, a, um, a state, uh, uh, state level wrestler, um, Colin Thompson, a third year varsity starter at, at strong safety. Um, and, and, um, Oh man, I just went brain dead. I'm sorry. Too many, too many names I'm throwing out here. That I get it. But, wow. we, but we have tons of seniors. We have guys that aren't even captains. Like Jake Nichols is a, was a unanimous center for us last year, um, and and he's not one of our four captains, but but he's a tremendous leader for us in our program. So, 
uh, a couple of the, a couple of the juniors that we've kind of teased a little bit uh, are the Bauer brothers. Uh, you talked about like how important the youth program is. I remember seeing those guys when they were coming through, and I always knew you know they were going to be very good when they finally did hit varsity. I want to talk about one specific part of their game, and that's uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Two defensive backs. Uh, you were a former former defensive back coach, former defensive back uh, in college at Elma. What what's it like having those two guys in the back end? I mean, you got to feel pretty good sending the house a lot of, a lot of the time, knowing those two guys are in the back end. Oh. Yeah, you know, as as a, as a former quarterback, you know, Jared, the tough the tough guys. When you have those fast erasers back there, and that's what they are. Right. You know, those guys, those guys. Not only do they understand, um, not only they're fast and athletic, but they understand the game, and they understand what's what's being done to them. And and they 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 they, they, they that's why they have six interceptions in in, right. in the first two games between the two of them. You know, they they know where they know where the ball's going. They read it. They see it, and they they just make our defense better. You know, we can. We don't, we don't really want mistakes, but we can afford a few mistakes on the on the front end when those guys are going to come through and erase it on the back end for us. And, but I will say, too, you know, Parker Isham, last week for us, Parker Isham was just a man. I mean, the, offensively, defensively, we had kids getting hurt. And he's a junior that came up last year and, and played in three, three playoff games for us. But, uh, boy, oh, boy, last week against Pinckney, if we didn't have him, I'm not sure what would have happened because he was obviously why it uh, had the stats. But the unsung guy right. that most people didn't pay attention to was Parker Isham. He was he was a stud last week. So he's a corner to running back for us. Yeah, it's always cool to see people step up when when they need to. When when someone goes down and someone else steps up, that's definitely cool. I wanted to ask real quick about that. You, you mentioned the junior class. So in 2001, when I played, we were kind of junior yep. heavy. We we had some we had some seniors um, that were obviously good, but you know we were we were younger. And then, yep. you know, my senior year in 2002, that's when we had a, a, a good season. How important do you think it is? I mean, some of these guys on your teams were playing as sophomores to have right. for those guys to have that varsity experience, starting experience, going into the playoffs, going deep into the playoffs. I mean, you're, you're focusing on this year, but like looking right. ahead to next year, it's got to be like, man, we are going to be one experienced team. How important is that? Well, yeah, definitely experience. Experience is huge. And that's, and that's been the, you know, why I think we've been able to do what we've done so far. You know, we played, you know, three extra games last year. We had all those guys, you know, we brought up, we have two guys that are, are sophomores right now. They're contributing big, A.J. Brieger and uh, Alan Merva. And those guys, those guys played four, three playoff games for us last year as freshmen. Um, and so, so you take just them and let's get into the guys you're actually talking about. Those, those juniors that are now seniors and those sophomores are now juniors. When we step, you know, we start in, uh, the summer in June, uh, there wasn't there wasn't a, a big curve there. You know, you weren't you weren't starting at the square one. You were you were listen. Here's where we were. Now let's let's, let's advance that level. And you know, I, I, you were there as like you mentioned as a, as a junior going into senior. You knew the difference. You felt the difference, I believe. And I know Jared because obviously just the most recent one. Same thing going from 2015 to 2016 for you. Right. You know that where that starting point is 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 so much higher. And then that 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 allows you. To, to raise that bar even higher as you need to the season than you would have the year before. So, yeah, definitely. Right now, we're, we're way ahead of last year where we were. Um, and next year, hopefully we have that same same opportunity, which I think we will. So. Well, you know, Matt brought up the fact about the offensive uh, receiving records. Uh, defensively, interceptions, go get it, boys. I mean, I want that <laughs> monkey off my back, and that means the Cavaliers will no, be you successful. Don't. Sure I do. I, no. I, will, I will put it this way, you know. I, I had some success with it, but these boys are are far better athletes than I was back in the day. But the question I have for you, Steve, is yeah. uh, 
you know, you got this one of your red letter games coming up this Friday night, Owasso. It's always on the schedule, highlighted. Yep. Uh, what, what do the Cavaliers have to do to continue the momentum going and, and maybe get past some of the distractions that go into this kind of game? Well, I I will say this. The biggest thing is we have to focus on what we do, you know, and that's the most important thing, getting better each week. Um, obviously, Owasso had a rough week last week against Charlotte. We've watched film of it. Our kids know that. Um, from an Owasso standpoint, as far as as far as what they do, uh, you know, they have a sophomore running back, uh, number three, that, uh, you know, he's their, he's their number one ball carrier. So, obviously, we're going we're gonna to work really hard to stop him. Uh, their quarterback, Hugh Doyle, I've known that guy. He's, he's a great kid. I've known him since he was in third grade. Uh, I like him a lot. I know they're trying to throw a lot more with him. So, obviously, we uh, we have some uh, ability in our defensive backfield. Uh, we got to make sure we stay on top of routes there. And then just control the line of scrimmage. You know, I, I believe we have uh, very good offensive and defensive lines. And that's, that's a, as a coach, that's a great thing for us to be able to say. Um, I really appreciate that. And, and I work with them on a daily basis. So, you know, basically you just got to come out and control the line of scrimmage, focus on what we do and, and, and not all the other aspects of the game that uh, fans and, and, and announcers and, and uh, radio personalities like to focus on and just come out and hit them and take care of business. That's what we have to do, do our jobs. All right, Steve, I think uh, we've kept enough of your time. Again, uh, get the Cavaliers rolling. We appreciate the time. Uh, good luck the rest of the season, and uh, go back to those flag footballers. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it, guys. It's great seeing and talking to you all, Matt, Jared, Ted. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Steve. Thanks, yeah. Coach. Bye-bye. Good stuff there from Steve Herrick, the Corona Cavalier head football coach. Of course, this is our prep spotlight brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse which is now the home of Hit and Pitch as well. A lot more going on there. 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all kinds of indoor sports training. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and state-of-the-art hit track training system. And uh, it's located in the old Capitol Bowl JCPenney block on South Washington and Owasso. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989 972-4624 472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. Guys, there were some big games last week. I mean, obviously, our Corona Cavaliers with a big win over Pinckney, 35-28. to Wyatt Bauer, I mean, we didn't really talk about specifics, but 217 yards rushing, a couple of touchdowns, and as Coach Herrick mentioned, three interceptions. Uh, Corona's the real deal, and I, you know, I would have asked him about uh, Jaden Eddington when his return is due. I think he's off another week or two, but he's also a stud both offensively and defensively, and he's not even playing right. You know, my favorite part about talking uh, with Coach Herrick about all that was Matt. What you mentioned just was the experience. Yes, looking forward to next year, it'll be even better. But I look back on you know my playing days uh, and that experience we had my senior year. Uh, and ultimately losing to, you know, the eventual state runner up in country day probably should have won the state title if they would have played the championship game. Right. But you realize kind of you, you grow up your whole life, you know, going to the Breslin, going to wherever, seeing these big programs, these big schools, whether it's Detroit country day or Grand Rapids Catholic central. And you just think they're like on a different stratosphere uh, than you are. Uh, And it's almost like you, you get, you get out of high school for a few years. You look back on your, you know, what your career was. And it's like, you just come to the realization like, man, dude, we really weren't that far off like if we probably believed in ourselves a little bit more I mean who knows what would have happened so I just hope that this team understands that going into this playoff run and the rest of this regular season because I I think they they have all the pieces man to really have a magical run and I just hope that they don't get too caught up in the press clippings or anything like that and just realize the opportunity they do have it's funny you say that because I I know I've mentioned it before but I have a few friends um, that I grew up with that still live in the Corona area and they have 
younger kids that are starting to come up through Corona. Um, but they're, they're still very plugged into going to the football games in the, in the Corona football program. So we talk about the Cavs quite a bit in our, our group text. And um, we say the same thing. We say the same thing. Hopefully these kids, they're probably going to have an awesome year this year, make a run in the playoffs. Who knows how far they're going to go. Hopefully, obviously injuries is a big thing. Hopefully, you know, no one has any major injuries that sets them back. But hopefully, you know, they can keep their head on straight. Keep working hard, man. You, you've got you've got something in front of you that has never happened at Corona. There's never been a state title. You've, you've got an opportunity to be the first state championship football team at Corona if you, you know, put in the work, keep your head on straight, don't get in any trouble, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we all remember what it's like to be 16, 17 years old. You know, you want to have your fun and stuff like that, but – when you get older and you start looking back, man, you don't want to ruin these kind of opportunities. So it, it is, it's cool to see. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah. You brought up a good point there, Matt, because, you know, right now they have it right in front of them. It's, it's a matter of, uh, you know, Dan Campbell's doing it with the lions. We'll talk about that, but focus, focus on the task ahead. And that means another, you know, 10, 11 weeks of nothing but football, no yep. other distractions, you know, I mean, girlfriends can wait football is more important right now here's a good lesson and you know it's like because these guys i feel like it was almost the same sort of way probably same with you matt when you were a junior when i was a junior oh it's like just wait till next year just wait till next year and i remember my dad used to always say like you don't know what's gonna happen next year i know it's like cliche or whatever um you don't know injuries you don't know this you don't know that and that was true in this sense where you know our playoff route my junior year would have been 10 times easier if we would just handle business week one i mean we had flint powers into making all the way to state championship uh, and I don't think that they were world beaters, you know, whereas in year, year two, you know, you maybe have the better team, but then you'd get a tough draw. Right. So it's just one of those things you never know, just seize the opportunity when you have it. And I know we're all excited about this team. Uh, let's just hope they keep winning. Yeah. I should mention one more game from last week that this is a team that's, uh, that's, uh, making some noise Duran's railroaders they beat Montrose 56 to 52 they're averaging over 50 points a game and uh Gabe Lynn had 300 yards rushing and six touchdowns so not a bad start to the season there for the railroaders it's kind of nice to see them back yes relevant yes that's what I was gonna say I mean they were it it should be hope for uh, for somebody like Owasso man I mean, they were worse than what Owasso is, has been, you know, whatever, for the last five or so years. They were they were the team that would lose every game of the season by, you know, 30-plus points. Uh, so it's cool to see them. I mean, that's a big – Montrose, I don't care who you are. I don't care if they're in a down year, this or that. That's an important win. Uh, yeah. They have the brand. They, they, they're they always going to be tough. So that's well a great coach. win for Durant. I thought that same exact thing when I saw that score. Absolutely. I saw Durant's up to number four in their division too, right? Oh, Wow. Way to go, railroaders! I, I got one other question for you guys when it comes to high school sports. Um, I don't we I don't think we've ever talked about it. I've made my thoughts known on the air, but uh, what do you think about the Cavaliers in the Flint Metro League? You would you rather see them play Duran, Chesney, Ovid, Elsie, and be in that league, or are you okay with them where they're at? I'm I'm obviously maybe more like you, Ted. I th- I think I know your opinion. I'm a little more of a traditionalist. I, I love those the Chesney, the Durand, right. Um, you know, those Ovid Elsie, even, you know, some of those more traditional rivalries. I mean, those are legitimate rivalries when I was playing and in the nineties and stuff like that. So I know things have changed as far as uh, classes. I know school sizes are different now and stuff like that. So that comes into play, but 
personally, I'd like to see him still playing in like the old MMB, but yeah. I know it's, that's not what it is anymore. No, it's not. But I think, yeah, we all agree. I mean, I've, I think I've actually had this segment on this podcast before. <laughs> like I laid out my own conference realignment. You know, it'd be Corona, it'd be Owasso, it'd be Duran, um, it would be Chesaning, it'd be Nolthrop, it'd be Byron. Uh, and what other Shiawassee schools am I missing? Uh, Ovid Elsie. Elsie. Yeah. That, and there's a great conference right there. Yeah. And that fills up your seven game conference schedule. It, you know, it'll never happen for whatever dumb politics that there is. But, uh, that was always the conference that I always wanted to see when I was growing up. I mean, it, whatever, if you don't get the same amount of competition or maybe there's a couple blowouts here or there, you know, those kids on those teams, you know, those, those, those neighborhoods, you know, those, the fans that are in the stands, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Never say never, Jared. It could, it could happen. You, you need to be know. like the, the, the spokesman, like make this your, uh, your retirement project. I was going to say that that's your post full-time job. That's your, this is your goal. I usually it, mention it about once every broadcast, just so you know. Because, uh, <laughs> what was the, 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 uh, the, the big East, what was, uh, Gabbett or whatever. Uh, yeah. Right yeah. The big East Gabbett. You need to become the Gabbett of the old MMB. Hey, I'll volunteer. Sounds like a plan. Well, listen, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be the Lions GM or head coach for the University of Michigan or Michigan State, but we're going to be talking some serious football right after this next little break. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Hi, this is Casey from the band Chi-Town, Mid-Michigan's premier country music band. We have some awesome shows lined up to close out our summer, featuring closing out the Baker College Country Stage at the Royal Oak Arts, Beats, and Eats Music Festival, sponsored by Soaring Eagle on September 3rd. This event, spanning Labor Day weekend, features the top food, music, and artists that Michigan has to offer. You will not want to miss out. We then hit the road to Frankenmuth to headline the Big Country Fest on October 1st. Follow us on Facebook at Chi-Town, and be sure to check out our website. And always keep listening to our favorite podcast, three-point pod i think i know both your guys thoughts on this uh but just give me i gotta get my thoughts on this because we did our instant reactions after the michigan game i could have gone on for another three minutes on this here's the first thing i'll state before i say everything i'm about to say (laughs) i do think jj mccarthy is the better quarterback i do think that uh not not after week one just in general i just why not give this guy a spin we saw kind of the cades tapped out what he's kind of can give us uh, no shame to him, but I do think McCarthy is the guy. As for how this was handled, it's a complete mockery, man. I mean, just look at how the game played out. Uh, it basically, Cade McNamara's entire career, uh, uh, a Big Ten champion career, was essentially boiled down into one game against Colorado State where we were going to do whatever we want on offense. We're going to run the run the damn ball down their throat. Defense wasn't going to blink but basically what made that even harder than if this was let's say a game against Notre Dame is Cade Magmar had to play perfect and when I say perfect I mean like five touchdowns or three touchdowns you know 25 for 30 250 yards and as soon as he started off a little shaky I don't blame him for just being like basically kind of playing the rest of the game not very well how do you bounce back from that he knew what was at, at stake uh but honestly what I really think this was this was Jim Harbaugh 
coming up with an easy way to basically make a tough decision, basically acting as if it was played out on the field. What charade was that? It wasn't played out on the field. J.J. McCarthy is still getting critical snaps in the red zone uh, and basically still playing a ton throughout this game in a quarterback deciding battle. What does that tell Cade McNamara? Oh, yeah, you're you're battling for your job, but guess what? Even though you are, we're bringing in J.J. anyway. Um, It just was – it just rubbed me the wrong way. I really do feel like this was kind of a fake sort of – get Jim Harbaugh easy decision instead of him just making the tough decision in camp uh, and rolling with McCarthy, which nobody would have, would have second guessed. We would have rolled with it. He felt the need to almost like kind of, it's not embarrassing Cade, but it almost kind of is to embarrass Cade and give this false like preset that basically this was decided in his performance in week one, how it just didn't seem fair to me. I know a lot of people disagree with that. Uh, You know, I'm going to pull this card. I never do as a former quarterback, man. I just imagine putting myself in those shoes. I would have shit down my leg during that game. Who, how it just was not fair whatsoever. Like I said, I don't think it's the wrong decision. I'm I'm on board with the McCarthy train, but it just doesn't sit right with me with how they decided it. I have a problem with the, the people who are saying it's not fair because it's competition. If Cade wanted to win the job, he won, could have won the job all summer. He really could have separated himself all summer. And he didn't have to go out and throw five touchdowns, 500 yards. Just play it, play a good game, push the ball downfield, not missing throws left and right, not, you know, looking very inconsistent and uncomfortable. And if, if he's not able to handle that pressure of, hey, man, this is your start, this is your game, if he's not able to handle that, then what does that tell you? It has, it has nothing to do with who's the actual better quarterback. It's like, Hey man, this is your one game to go out and prove that this is still your job. Go out there and just play well. Show show us what you can do. You don't have to be hitting deep bombs every single time. You don't have to be going crazy Patrick Mahomes style. Just throw a couple touchdowns and look consistent. He was missing throws. He was kind of dancing around the pocket, looking uncomfortable. You know, that that's the kind of stuff I had a problem with. The one thing I wanted to say, and this is, I mean, you guys have seen my my million tweets about this. <laughs> Everything nowadays is like black or white, whether it's politics, whether it's about, you know, anything on social media, whether it's about uh, pop culture stuff, (laughs) it's either like you're extreme right or you're extreme left. It's like people can't be down the middle. And it's like people are acting like if you're not full on supporting Cade McNamara, that you hate the kid. You want him off the team. You're saying he's trash, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, I'm in full support of J.J. McCarthy. I've never wavered from Cade McNamara has been a great quarterback for Michigan. He was perfect for that team last year. Exactly what that team last year needed with the run game they had with the defense they had. He's exactly what that team needed last year. I'm going to remember that season for the rest of my life. One of the favorite Michigan seasons of all of our lives, you know, watching that team. I'm not taking anything away from Cade McNamara. He's been a great quarterback at Michigan. I'm consistent in what I've said. I just think J.J. McCarthy has the higher ceiling. And if you watch Alabama, if you watch Ohio State with with C.J. Stroud, if you watch Georgia, even with Stetson Bennett running around, if if they want to actually act like they're going to compete for a national title, they need a quarterback that's going to take them to the next level. And I just personally don't think Cade McNamara is that guy. I think he's a fine game manager. What he is, Ted, He's the perfect backup quarterback. He's he's a type of quarterback that the Lions <laughs> that's need. A, that's a, a guy a guy that you can lean on. Say JJ McCarthy goes down, 
Heck yeah. Put in K McNamara. You know what he's going to bring to the table. So that it's taken nothing, nothing away from him. I'm not saying he's terrible. Transfer. Get off the team. It's nothing like that. I just think J.J. McCarthy clearly opens up the offense so much more. And the ceiling is higher. Yeah, there might be a little more, a few more risky plays. He might do a couple little more, you know, Johnny football type plays. But I, I think you've got to take that risk because if you want to actually act like you're going to be a national championship contender, in my opinion, you, you, you've got to have a quarterback like that. Yeah, and it, I got a couple thoughts. I mean, I've already let my thoughts know in the previous podcast. I thought it should be McNamara, but Harbaugh thought different. He wanted to go to this uh, one game, one game thing. I, I do lean to Jared's side as far as, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. I've never seen it before. Make a choice. And I think it's pretty clear McCarthy's the guy. I have no problem with that. He does give them that it factor. I, I think, you know, with all the pre-camp and everything else that went on, Harbaugh should have been able to communicate it to McNamara. And if he would have risked him going into the portal, he would risk him over McCarthy for sure, right? Because of more of the upside. Uh, if he had the right kind of coaching, you know, took him under his arm, said, man, you got you were a stud last year. We're going to go with J.J. this season, though, but be ready to come in there. I think that's how you coach. I just don't think this one-and-one one is not the way to do it. I I, I think it's unfair to Cade. I'm, I feel sorry for it, really, frankly. It, 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 I do, just, too, man. It's, it's just not a fair man. Competition. competition. He won the competition. Was a, it, it is, but it wasn't. Was last year. I feel like it was a it was a it was like a false pretense of a competition. It, anyone, I mean, dude, as soon as he, JJ comes in, the crowd's going crazy and everybody's loving it. All of a sudden, the playbook all opens up and they're doing all this mixed direction and read read option. Like, is Cade really like that inept uh, like of a player that? they can't have a very similar playbook. Am I crazy and watching? Like, it's like, it's like Jim Harbaugh gets a pep in his step when McCarthy is in, which yeah, I probably would do, but it just, it just, it just didn't seem fair. I, I mean, and it's hard for me to back it up when McNamara looked as poor as he did. Uh, but right. it just, who, who knows if that was from the pressure of the circumstance and everything. And he did seem like a little bit like a baby after in the post-game presser, but I can't really blame him. I, I would have been the same way, probably. So, yeah. well, well, I think we're all three now in agreement that they got to move forward with JJ, right? And and do it. What? Forget this controversy now. McNamara's backup. Go forward. JJ gets his. What game. do you do if JJ comes out like? And this is not going to happen. But what do you do if <laughs> JJ comes out and throws like three picks? What the hell do you do if you're Harbaugh? Yeah, that then, puts I mean, you in a spot. <laughs> kind of like what I said last week. I mean, Harbaugh's been consistent in what he has said. It may be very unconventional and make no sense. He's never named a starter. He said all along, this is a competition. He came out with this, you get one game, you get one game thing. So that's what you would say. If JJ comes out and throws three picks and fumbles a ball and like that, then you say, hey, man, this was your one game to start and you didn't win it. That's, that's what I mean. Like with, with Cade, you didn't have to blow it out of the water. Just look like you have command of the offense. Same with JJ. Make some good plays. You know, you don't have to run the ball for 250 yards and throw four touchdowns, throw a couple touchdown passes, stretch the ball down the field. Actually, Jared, you can throw the ball farther than Cade McNamara, I think. I mean, he didn't throw the ball farther than seven I or eight yards. Like, JJ, please throw a couple deep balls. 
I don't care if they're incomplete. <laughs> Throw a couple deep balls. Please. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what he does under the lights. I mean, Hawaii's so bad. He's going to look yeah. sweet. We'll love it all the same. The instant reaction, I can already picture uh, Matt's going to be basically crowding the sky the next Tom Brady. Uh, I'm going to have, have that helmet on right there. <laughs> I'll be right there with him. Uh, it's the perfect coming out party, man. Uh, Saturday night, big house, under the lights against Hawaii. I can't wait yeah. to see it. He I got one ball out. But. I got one question on the on the game, though. Um, you know, they win 51-7, to seven, not a contest. What do you think, and I know maybe Harbaugh said it in a presser, but what was – what was the reason to put uh, JJ even in the game? It was supposed to be McNamara's game. I know that was what they did last year. And, you know, if you pull McNamara out and get JJ in for a little different look, but why didn't, why didn't he let McNamara finish it all out? He he said before the game that both guys were going to play. He, he even said that Kate will play this week. Uh, even so he, is, he has said so all along. Weird. It is I, weird. And I mean, I like hardball is weird. <laughs> Just like, what? If you're going with McCarthy, what the hell does bringing McNamara? Like, I, it just doesn't make. I mean, are we all gonna act up? Like, what is that? What the hell does that even mean? Why? I, I will that? say, I do hope. If I think we all think JJ's gonna win the job, if he does, I hope he's just the guy. I yeah. hope they don't bring Cade in for like one series in the third quarter to do something. It's like, no man, right? Give it to McCarthy, and he's the guy. Like you, you've got to do this, and. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But I, one promising thing to me was the defense. Yes. I mean, we, you know, we all we all knew losing all the guys that they lost, um, you know, to the draft last year. Again, I know it was Colorado State, but that was promising to watch that defense sack them 27 times or whatever they did and basically give up no pass yards. I mean, it was promising. You know, obviously they're going to be playing better teams, but, you know, you like to see a defense play like that. It was. I, I don't like to put too much stock into these games. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest of these kind of blowouts that we always have, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, I'll be honest. It, of, of all those games, you know, looking back to like last year against Western, we looked like we could beat Alabama that day. Right. Um, I, the, the running game was lo- left a little bit to be desired. I felt like, yeah. yeah, they had good, you know, yards per carry, but never really had like a bang play. Blake Corum never broke one. Edwards didn't break one. Uh, we'll see. They probably will against Hawaii, but uh, no, I'm excited about this offense. I really am. We're loaded at tight end, Schoomaker, uh, all, and then with two stud running backs, and then we know we're loaded at wide receiver as well. In terms of Big Ten standards, uh, right. when you line up against Georgia, I mean, we look like we're on a kid's field, but uh, <laughs> but no, in that sense, I can't wait to see what this offense does, and, and I hate to say it, but I can't wait to see what McCarthy does with it, too. Yeah. It's going to be exciting, without a doubt. <laughs> Um, you know, you, 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 you talked about Western and Michigan last year. I mean, on the other side of the coin, Michigan State. I mean, they opened with a win, but it was a little bit lackluster. You know, uh, uh, they pulled it out at the end. Thorne had four TD passes, but uh, it was it was in doubt heading into that fourth quarter. Is I there mean, anything yeah. Sparty needs to worry about? Western Western had a chance to take the lead, or at least right. take the lead or tie it tie. up. I think tie it down up. Eight. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's right there. And then Michigan State pulled away. Thorne at least throws the ball down the field. <laughs> when I'm watching that game, I'm like, at least he puts the ball out there. He puts, gives his receivers a chance. I think obviously the big thing is they're having to figure out life without Kenneth Walker. That's mm. going to take a couple weeks, you know, best running back probably in Michigan state history, you know, for that right. one season. So, you know, they're figuring that out, but I no, it, it, do they have anything to worry about the Darius snow injury? You know, that that's, that's pretty big on their defense, but, um, 
I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know, they, they've, it's, I've come to the, I've been texting some friends and stuff. I've just come to when people say, ah, this might be a seven win, eight win Michigan state team. They're going to figure out a way to double digit wins. That's just what Michigan state does now. I mean, that's just, yeah. just what they do nowadays. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to come down to their defense. I mean, that was a yeah. problem last year. Seems like it's probably going to be a problem this year. I mean, Western looked horrible, to be honest. I'll be honest. Yeah. They looked horrible. Their quarterback yeah. literally looked like he weighed 150 pounds <laughs> soaking wet. It's like something you would have played in Ted's era. Um, but but no, it's like it, it just is. It, it, they didn't look great. The Peyton Thorne is kind of the one thing I'd hang my hat on if I'm a Michigan State fan. He didn't have yeah. a super good game, but I still just think he's a ball player. He he put on the visor this year, so he's right. He's feeling confident as ever. That's what that means uh, for Ted to read between the lines. But uh, no, they they look they you can't put too much stock in this game. Like I said about the Michigan one, but uh, they didn't look great. But um, they'll figure it out. They always yeah. seem to, and until they don't, uh, I'm going to keep that belief. Like I said, Matt, I mean, they'll always seven, eight wins. That's what they want you to believe until they beat Michigan, uh, yeah. you know, at the big house this year. So until we get through that Michigan state game, I'm not going to say too much negative about them uh, because we know what happens every year uh, against Michigan. Amen, yeah. brother. Before we get to hard knocks and the lions and their opener coming up, uh, how's this for a Saturday night? The gang all went to the pirate game. And uh, my dad and I sat in the hotel room, watched the Spartans, knocked back a couple margaritas, which, by the way, Jared, he really likes my margaritas, and uh, switched it over, caught the tail end of uh, Serena Williams' final match. I mean, it, it, was, it was enthralling watching her last three matches at the U.S. Open. I know we're mainly talking football, but I just had to get that out there. She definitely is a phenomenal athlete, yeah, uh, yeah. a greatest female athlete probably of all time. Yeah, it was cool flipping back and forth. I was doing the same thing, Michigan State, too. I Actually, to be honest, I watched more of Serena just because, mm-hmm. like you said. That Game was a doozy, wa- too. Watching Western Michigan, I was just like, this is making me want to vomit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome to see because you, you hear the the Tom Janovich or how, however you pronounce her last name, who beat right. Serena. You know, just talk about how like, you know, she's she's been playing over 25 years or whatever. So like this, this, the lady who beat her grew up watching her, you know, her idol. So like she said, like, it's surreal to think that you're the one that knocked her out, you know, of her career like that. It's got to be crazy. It was a great match, too. Yeah, it was. Great interview, too, because, of, you know, obviously they were going to grab Serena first, which surprised me a little bit. But yeah. uh, the, the chick that beat her. I mean, she was all class. I think I tweeted it. I mean, it was an, it was an amazing interview all about Serena, and that's what it was all yeah. about. Yeah. All right, I, fellas. I, go I, ahead, Jerry. I just got to throw these two things out. These two, my two biggest takeaways from this weekend in college football, just in the grand perspective. One, Ohio State looks beatable, man. Got me, it has me licking my chops getting ready for that game. They talk about how great this offense is, how great this is. If Notre Dame can do that to their offense, believe me, Michigan can. Uh, so that just has me excited. I can't wait to try to run all over them again, just like we did last year. Um, so that was a very pleasant surprise to see them look human. Uh, we'll see. They'll, they'll round into shape like they do every year. But um, yeah. that was a big takeaway. And then, man, I, Matt, I know you know who this is. Ted, if you don't, you got to go and watch this guy's highlights. Wow. Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, 6'3", 230, 4'3", speed. I literally watched a video of him pregame doing like an uh, acrobat flip like that you would see like a cheerleader do. This guy is a super athlete. Uh, and I think he's the Heisman favorite after week one. What a yeah, big right win now. against Utah. What an electric atmosphere that was at the swamp. Yeah. 
this yeah. guy has the makings of an NFL star. Uh, and in that, from what I've seen, he, I, I'd never heard of him until this weekend. Uh, but Todd McShay has him, you know, basically projected to be a first rounder. If he, if he, if his season trends the way it did week one, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first overall pick. He is a star. Yeah. You got to watch him against Kentucky. That's the game to circle this weekend. Yeah. Outside of Michigan, Hawaii, it's Kentucky versus Florida. <laughs> this guy is a one man show. Yeah. He, he's starting to surpass Bryce Young. A lot of people are starting to say that he's a better pro prospect than Bryce Young, which is pretty crazy, but he had one play that, I mean, he had a number of plays, but he had a two point conversion where he had a rush coming at him and he jumped and pump faked, spun in midair, <laughs> landed, awesome. rolled out and hit a dude in the corner um, for a two point conversion. And it's just like the athleticism is out of control. He, he looks like a stud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes you scared as a Michigan fan, man. I mean, it's that and that Georgia defense and just their offensive weapons as well. My God. Let's yeah. just focus on the Big Ten play, man. We'll right. worry about that come college football yeah. time. College football playoff go. time. But wow, <laughs> yeah. he looks scary again. Well, speaking about that, I guess I was going to jump to the pros, but we got to have one final thought on the 12 team playoff. Uh, I, I don't think you're a fan of it, are you, Jared? No, I mean, I am. I, oh, you it, are? With, with this conference realignment, it's kind of like you got to throw everything out the window. What yeah. made college football special way back when, uh, honestly, the college football playoff kind of ruined this, was that, you know, everybody had a chance. Everybody was good. College football is very equal, spread out. Uh, basically, from what people smarter than I am, how it's been explained to me is because of the college football playoff and everyone's season basically relying on making one of those four slots – a lot of the recruits have gone to, you know, one of basically five schools, Ohio State, Georgia, uh, Alabama, uh, to name a few of them, man. So the fact that it's opening back in Clemson, that's the four right there. The fact that it's opening back up to uh, 12-team playoff, basically what we see in like the NFL or something like that, man, it's going to make college football so much better. Uh, people will bitch about this new USC joining the, the Big Ten, this or that, but I think it's overall a great thing because now we just get what we've always wanted all along. You know, maybe how we get to that playoff isn't as pretty as it once was with the with the sectionalized and regionalized games, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the 12 best teams battling it out. We'll see some great upsets somewhere down the line in that. And, th- and that's the thing. Yes, there's still going to be some blowouts. People keep saying, like, you know, like this weekend, Georgia versus Oregon. It was three versus 11, and Georgia beat Oregon by 127 points or whatever. <laughs> People are like, oh, get ready for more of those in a 12-team playoff. Yeah, but we see that in the 14 playoff right now. So, mm-hmm. But the, the point I'm trying to make is what Jared just said. You're going to see some upsets. You know, a number four team is going to sneak up or a, like a number eight team is going to sneak up on a number four team or, you know, whatever the scenario is. Sometimes that's going to happen. And you, you don't get that in a 14 playoff. And I think it's going to create more parity because kind of like what you were talking about, Jared, some guys might be more, you know, apt to go to, you know, a Wisconsin or something like that instead of, and I've got to go to Alabama or LSU or, or Notre Dame. If I actually want a chance to play in the playoff, well, maybe now they'll go to some different schools because you actually have a chance to make the playoff. So I think it's cool. The one thing, the schedule is going to be interesting to figure out because what the first two rounds are going to be on campus. And I'm just trying to think of like, so let's just say Michigan, Michigan State, to say they're hosting a game. We're talking like December 20th in East Lansing or in Ann Arbor. Bring Those, Alabama up then. Hey, well, I mean, but you Florida, see that in the NFL, Georgia, or I know, whoever. You'll see that in the NFL, though. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, 
it's not ideal. I wouldn't want to play in it. That's for right. damn sure. But if you're Michigan and you're playing Georgia, hell yeah, bring them up here. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to Ford Field. We're playing right here at the big house. Why would yeah. you not do that? Right. I think I think they got it right. I I, yeah. I think I was on record about the twelve team playoff with the four buys. I mean, it's perfect. You get yeah, you know those is. upper upper echelon teams have something to play for for that yeah. buy. I mean, it's it's yep. just going to be awesome. It's going to be yep. awesome. Can't wait. All right, fellas, let's uh, let's briefly. We we're running out of time a little bit, but we got NFL starting Thursday night. We're recording this on Wednesday. A pretty good Thursday night game with the what the Rams and the Bills, and then we got the Lions at home against the Eagles. But the real story, I don't want to bury the lead, as Jared would like to say, Hard Knocks, uh, yep. episode five. I mean. I'm I'm in. I'm 100 yeah. in on this team. Whether they're going to make the playoffs or not, I don't know. But I'm I am on this team. I love this team, and I just I hope they stay healthy. And they're already off to a bad start there. Yeah. But uh, man, if that, if that episode five didn't fire you up for Lions football, I don't know what would. Yeah, a couple offensive linemen already a little dinged up. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's nothing serious there. But yeah, that that last episode, I know we mentioned how episode one was here, and it kind of fell off yep. a little bit. But episode five, I feel like was back up right on par with episode one because the drama, you know, yes, we already knew who got cut. We knew who was gone. But, you know, seeing that process play out, I thought was super cool. The Mm -hmm. camera in the, you know, with Holmes and Campbell talking to the guys and seeing what all the guys said, the positive, you know, thanks for all the opportunities and stuff like that. Um, And seeing, you know, like Pimpleton go to get a shot with the Giants. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, that was super, super cool. And that, just seeing it all play out, it was it was really cool. Yeah, that was uh, that was the first thing I was going to say, Maz. How awesome was that to see? One, how classic was it that Shane Fairfield, Muskegon head coach, got some screen time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as soon as they were, as soon as I I, I was hoping that that's where that was going to go. As soon as they had like the boy, leave Schreiber voiceover, and that leads to some phone calls on the day of guts. I was like, oh, let's just hope that like, we get a Muskegon shout out here. We did. Um, so but it was great to see him. I mean, did you talk about a guy that just looks like just a great dude? Uh, it's, it's a shame that it didn't work out with the lions. I mean, we saw why, uh, but how you he's just a guy you want to root for. So it's good to see him get a shot with the New York giants and, and make the team make some dough at the least, man. He's making some good cash in the practice squad. Um, but yeah, the biggest takeaway to me, it just, uh, the season delivered in every sense that we wanted it to can't really draw it up any better. I mean, how exciting is it just to watch this team knowing some of these players uh, and these coaches like Deuce Staley, you see Deuce, Deuce Staley on the sideline. If we didn't have hard knocks, oh, it's just another guy. Who's that assistant coach? I don't even really know who that is. Now that we see, you know, what he's like in practice, what he's like outside of, you know, uh, the practice field, what he's like in the, in the meeting rooms, it's just such a cool look at this team. Yeah. And it's really makes you want to watch this team and see how this season plays out even more. I mean, have you guys ever been more invested into a Lions season? I don't think I ever have. Uh, in my Not lifetime, in even when we've had a playoff team, uh, th- you just want this team to do well. Yep. Uh, and, and I think my number one thing for this weekend, I just want to see Malcolm Rodriguez play. Let's see yeah. what this guy's all about, man. I, it's hard to see in preseason. Let's see with the whole game, him getting starter reps. Let's see if this is really all it's made up to be because he's a he's a blast. He's a ball of energy. I can't wait to see what type of player he is. And how cool was that interaction, them talking about the player jerseys, uh, which yeah. ones have been bought? That was just a, it was kind of funny. I mean, what did you expect? I mean, he's your number Aiden Hutchinson's your number one draft pick, and Rodrigo has been who else would even be up there in jersey sales, to be honest? Maybe Sewell. Maybe um, Goff. Yeah, Probably. Goff. I, I, yeah, Goff would be there. Probably but, Stafford no. still. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh no, that was a cool interaction to see that kind of behind the scenes, how they were they loved that those two guys were getting the majority of the jersey sales. So no, just a great it delivered in every aspect. 
Yeah. Uh, let's, let's have it back next year. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, Matt, you didn't even bring up Eminem. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. He's he's always I, he's one of my favorite, you know, artists, obviously. But um, he's always like kind of awkward. Yeah. He, you know, like he's yeah. trying to be funny, but you know, like he's not really that funny. So it's like you know, it's always a little awkward, but still super cool. I mean, yeah, like when Campbell said it, you know, you represent the city, you know, better than anyone. Um, yeah, just really cool. And then HBO man with Cinderella man, the, oh, the Eminem song, they knocked the music people out love of the that park. song, man. Man, that's people, a big like fan. I don't like that song, but yeah. I can't complain because it was a cool sequence. Because yeah, people yeah. do, I knew, Perfect. I knew the ninety percent of the people that I know that were watching that they love that song. So it was perfect. They had to put that in. Yeah, um, yeah great sequence. Uh, I, I do. It made me intrigued. I want to try this mom's spaghetti place. I've heard a lot about it, but never have gotten around to trying. It. It's right by Comerica Park. I need to go give it a try one of these days and a three point pod review. Yeah. And you talked about, I mean, you know, I, I just love what HBO does and the music. I mean, not just Eminem, but I don't know who the dude was. They had a little clip of Detroit Cowboy when uh, Rodriguez, oh, Rodriguez was trying on the clothes and they had a little Motown going. I mean, it was the, the whole production package is as good as it gets. We've talked about that. And yeah. uh, let's hope that they get the bump. Let's hope the Lions start off the season strong. You know, they got a couple of beatable teams. Eagles are improved but i think the lions if uh their defense steps up uh, they can pull out the win at home you know I, I saw the stat that uh for the first time in a long time other than thanksgiving day standing room yeah, only tickets crowd. standing room only you know crowd is gonna be on fire man uh and fire. as long as we don't get the air sucked out of it like i could you know you know our lions yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it's like a pick six right off the rip right. uh and it just sucks all the energy out of the building but so as long man. as they they can Keep it going. Keep the game close. I mean, that crowd's going to be a factor. So that's exciting. And that's yeah. the thing that we've kind of talked about that uh, that Hard Knocks does. Obviously, if everyone knows Aiden Hutchinson. So I was going to say, like, if Aiden Hutchinson gets a sack, Ford Field is going to explode. Oh, yeah. But Rodrigo, I mean, if without Hard Knocks, we wouldn't really know who this Rodrigo dude is. If he goes in and gets a sack or say he gets an interception or something like that, Ford Field is going to just absolutely explode. So, I mean – you know, I, yeah, hopefully they get the hard knocks bump. They've got Philly then they've got Washington and then Minnesota. I mean, right. those are three very winnable games. And if they can, I, I think this team, because we know the lions, I'm not saying they have to start off undefeated seven and oh, they, they can't start the season off one and six or something like that. They've, they've got to be hovering around 500 all year. I feel like they've, they've got to stay at like two and two, three and two, you know, right. something like that. And, you know, not slip to like a two and six, two and yeah. seven. And then, and then it starts to really tail off. So, you know what, uh, this is uh, I, and this is a little bit off tangent, but I just, it just looks like a spark in my brain. How funny this moment was. You guys tell me if you thought it was funny. Uh, when the, the news came through that David Blau had been scooped up by the Vikings, Dan Campbell was like distraught over it. Dude, you just picked up Nate Sudfeld doesn't know a scratch of this offense. Uh, and basically just replaced Blau in the matter of seconds with this guy that you just met um, an hour ago. Now you're all distraught because somebody else picked him up. I, I just thought that was kind of a funny little interaction. Like, oh, God, we lost him. Like, you, they wanted him back on the practice squad. Yeah. He might have been playing that up for the cameras a little bit. But I, I thought that was funny, too. <laughs> well, you would have thought he was freaking Michael Vick, man. I don't know. It just was right. hilarious how that panned out. Yeah. Well, he took whatever knowledge he has of the playbook to Minnesota, but it's at week three. That was yeah. kind of a funny man. I hate Blau. That just really cemented it, man. That really did. 
going to a divisional rival. Yeah, that is true. I, you know, I didn't actually think about that. You know, he's going to be like playing scout team quarterback and be Hell like, yeah. Yeah, oh, I know yeah. they're, I know their whole playbook. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's okay. Bring it on, bring it yeah, on. Whatever. All right. Well, go lions hashtag since 57. Let's get off to a good start against the Eagles. And, uh, uh, we, we have plenty to talk about boys as this season goes through football, college football, uh, in the NFL and the lions. Let's hope they get off to a good start. Like you said, I think we made it through another one, fellas. Don't you? Anything yes, else? Sir. All right. Hopefully, uh, we, we didn't really mention it, but that Corona Wasso game, man, I know you've been, you've called every single one, Ted, every one since 97. I, yep. I know Wasso obviously is down right now. Corona might kind of blow them out a little bit, but there's something about that. It's such a cool game. Corona versus Wasso. <laughs> I don't know why we've said it before. They should have. They should have always been playing that game. Yeah, I know. I know there for a while, Owasso was quite a bit bigger than Corona, yep. but it's such a cool game. Such it cool is, game. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because this has been a big argument actually around the office because we're, we're covering the you know the Brother Rice versus Detroit Catholic Central. A lot of a lot of people in this office went to Orchard Lake or, or Brother Rice or Catholic Central, so they view this like rivalry between these two teams as like some crazy like awesome rivalry. And I'm just like, like I'm arguing with these guys, like, dude, just because you have, you know, uh, NFL players playing these games doesn't make it a great rivalry. Nobody's in the stands. Nobody even knows about it outside of this little Catholic league. What makes a great rivalry is these two teams freaking hate each other. <laughs> and they're posting, you know, vi- pictures in the weight room, flipping off Corona. I remember that from a few <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And, and, and no matter how bad the teams are, it's going to be a packed house every day. And it's a neighborhood feel. That's what makes that rivalry special. That's what makes high school football special. That's a rivalry. Yeah. Yes. I don't care if teams aren't good. That's a rivalry. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. By the way, I was going to tell you, I was going to mention it when Steve Herrick was on that uh, I'm kind of like Kevin Bacon. There's like three degrees of separation because I broadcast him as a high school player. I broadcast Matt as That's a high school weird. player and Jared. Isn't that strange? <laughs> That's funny. That's All right, I'll leave it at that. No, hey, that, just... that. That's cool. You could probably say that for a lot of people going through Corona. Oh, yeah. <laughs> starting out starting to be on the third generation now i don't know it's about time to hang it up but anyway i don't i don't think i'll hang this up as long as you guys put up with me uh, and our <laughs> listeners i just want to remind them this has been the three-point podcast presented by memorial Healthcare. check out the walk-in sports injury clinic every monday through october 17th at the new now community wellness center and also SkyMint cannabis michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout michigan use the coupon code 3.20 at the corona store for 20 percent off your first purchase follow us at three point pod spread the word make sure you let all our great local partners know you listen in and enjoy the program they include az printing solutions capital sports Fieldhouse, and hit and pitch Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and also the folks at the ALS Association of Michigan, Chi Town, and Z92.5 The Castle. Again, special thanks to Steve Herrick of the Corona Cavaliers. You can follow him at Steve Herrick 5 or at Corona Cavs FB. And uh, just a reminder this episode of Three Point Podcast was recorded at StreamYard.com. So until next week, everyone, uh, don't forget Friday night. It is Owasso at Corona on Z92.5 at uh, right around 7 o'clock, as I mentioned. So until next week, so long, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.
Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.